How's it going, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen? This is episode, yeah, if I can talk, episode one of the Thursday Night Throwdown. That is going to be my my biggest thing I try to do is slow down when I talk. So, but anyways, I am excited. It is episode one of the Thursday Night Throwdown. Myself, I am Chris Maloney. I've been a wrestling fan probably 40 years for what they say. Uh, rumor has it uh, I couldn't sleep one night. My dad was watching wrestling in the other room. Andre the Giant was on TV. And uh, anyways, uh, yeah, and that's how I became a wrestling fan and been a hardcore wrestling fan ever since. Um, here tonight, Sean Bates of the Scumbags of Wrestling. Introduce yourself, Sean. Hey, I'm Sean. Um, that's Chris said, Scumbags of Wrestling. And uh, been a fan since uh, September 90, I mean, sorry, 86, when uh, Savage broke uh, Steamboat's neck with the bell and the rest is history. Yeah, so um, Andre the Giant to Macho Man to... Uh, um, you know, all the uh, the back stories of the 70s and the 80s, which made us wrestling fans. So it kind of gives away our ages as well. I mean, uh, 43 for myself, 43 for Sean. A couple weeks apart, I do believe. Isn't that right? Yep. Uh, yeah, so it's it, under two weeks. Yeah. So, uh, guys, what we're looking at is uh, every Thursday night, probably around uh, 8 o'clock. You might have the odd occasion where we go at 7 or 9, depending on scheduling and everything else. But for the most part, it's going to be 8 till 9 every Thursday night. Uh, the main reason for that is because of the fact you, when you look at wrestling, you got NXT UK that takes place in the afternoon, and that's pretty much it for Thursdays. I mean, Thursday used to be a heavy night as far as wrestling goes. Not anymore. So what's the perfect time to do you know, a podcast, a video cast, whatever you want to call this, is Thursday nights. So anyway, Sean's been a, a loyal fan, uh, a loyal friend for you know quite a long time. So uh, you know, first episode is going to be the two of us just talking wrestling, stuff that we've seen this past week. Anything big that we think is going on, uh, one of the big focal points, um, you know, every podcast, every video cast that we do is going to be the Canadian independent wrestling scene. Um, you know, we're both London, Ontario, so a lot of shows that come to London or in and around London, we try to hit. Saying that, uh, Windsor, Chatham, St. Thomas, um, Tilsonburg, Toronto, uh, you know, um, what's the farthest you've ever gone for an uh, independent show in Canada? Uh, probably Toronto. Yeah, I've hit a bunch of those ones. Windsor, so they're same distance uh, apart, basically. But we did go to Listowel, which is middle of nowhere, basically, in Ontario. Uh, at least uh, southwestern Ontario for Midwestern wrestling. And so, yeah, some distance we're willing to go at. Why not? Yeah, and that's independent as well as, um, I mean, and now I know you've gone further than me as far as pro wrestling goes. What's the furthest you've gone as far as a, a pro show goes? Uh, probably Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. And now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were at, was it SmackDown last week or was it the week before? Uh, actually, last Friday. I was in Windsor for Christmas with my wife and our in-laws obviously are there and didn't really realize what was going on. Uh, and somehow it popped up that SmackDown was in Detroit. So, last minute, I got a uh, upper-level ticket, really steep in the uh, Little Caesars Arena, but got a ticket and watched uh, SmackDown. And you came back and you're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> Never been to Detroit, but I hear it's a rough neighborhood. But uh, uh, you've been there quite a few times because you also went for WrestleMania. I went, uh, yeah, WrestleMania 23. Also uh, the first Over the Limit and uh, one of the uh, Raws. Yeah. It's kind of funny because you mentioned WrestleMania 23. One of the main events featured somebody we'll be talking about. Uh, further on down in in the show here, and that's Bobby Lashley, who that was the the Trump one, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, he, yeah, that was the whole McMahon versus Trump haircut thing. Yep. 
Yeah. So anyways, we uh, won't waste any more time talking about ourselves, but uh, what we're going to do is get into some wrestling here. Um, first thing I want to talk about is what's on the agenda coming up this weekend. And for the first time ever, it's Wrestle Kingdom 14, but further than that, it's a two-part show. And the rumor has been that the show was big enough in Japan. Why not go and try to – do you see that big in Japan? I think I said yeah. that. Yeah. So anyways, they wanted to make it a two-part show to see because the fact is it was a lot of matches. I think last year they had 13, 14 matches. Um, you know, fans are there and they're there for a duration. And as North Americans, we understand what it's like to watch a long wrestling show. Uh, Sean and I both were at SummerSlam uh, last year. Uh, that was a long show. We were at NXT the night before. That was a long show. And, you know, Japan was one of those things. Hey, why not break up this show into two parts? And they actually have. So they've got Wrestle Kingdom uh, 14 taking place this coming Saturday morning. I think it's one o'clock in the morning for us. Next day, I think it's 3 o'clock in the morning. So that's part two of Wrestle Kingdom 14. And then on the 6th, which is, is that Sunday? Is, or is that Saturday? No, that's the Monday. Monday. That would be Monday, yeah. So Monday has uh, New Year's Dash, which usually takes place the day after Wrestle Kingdom when it's just a solo show. So saying that, the big focus this coming weekend is going to be Wrestle Kingdom. And it's saying that there are some big matches taking place that – I mean, as a wrestling fan, as a longtime wrestling fan, I am interested in. Um, I'm not going to go through the entire card. I'm just going to go through a, a couple matches. Sean, just get your thoughts on on some of these. First of all, maybe I'll get your thoughts on the retirement of Jushin Thunder Liger after all these years. Now, his final match is taking place on Sunday at Wrestle Kingdom Part 2. But um, your thoughts on Liger finally hanging them up? And is he hanging them up? Because you understand this is somebody we saw at Madison Square Garden in that surprise battle royal with the great Muda. Um, still looking as good as he always has. So your thoughts on, uh, you know, Liger finally uh, saying goodbye. Well, he has had a long career and a very uh, decorated career, whether it's uh, WCW or everywhere else, holding all the uh, light heavyweight titles at one point uh, when I first saw him in the uh, 90s. And, yeah, to have the long career that he's had so far and what he's been doing in his uh, going out to retirement, uh, it's been really good the uh multiple matches and the sort of send off that he's doing i'm hoping that this actually is a uh, legit retirement and uh wish him the best and you know he's got definitely a legacy that as long as the quality is still up there uh this weekend he's going to go out still on top and not be a shell of himself yeah, I have to. I totally agree. Uh, we got our, yeah, I was just going to say we get our first comment. Billy Anderson saying, uh, hey, and then uh, from there, uh, saying Happy New Year to both of us. So Happy New Year there, Billy Anderson. Uh, assuming he's part of your, your scumbags group. Eh? Yeah, he's part of scumbags. And we, actually, there was another comment that I end up uh, checkmarking. Because Midwestern Wrestling, I'm going to assume uh, Doug, maybe uh, Clarence, are uh, watching with us. And uh, we're they enjoyed the shout-out to Listowel. So... Yeah, I got to say it's a little more professional and and, and uh, a little bit more quiet, uh, this setting right here without Jordan James screaming in the background behind us. But uh, True. anyways, yeah, it's um, now not saying anything much, but Jordan, as long as you're, you know, you're you're clean and sober, be part of the show anytime you want to be. But uh, I'll, I'll let Sean set that up sometime down the road. Um, so we go from Jordan James back to Jushin Thunder Liger. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it, I mean, very cool that he's finally hanging them up. On kind of on his terms, the last thing you want to see is Goldberg Undertaker type match. You know what I mean? And and 
Liger's one of those guys uh, that you, you know, you connect with because of the fact he was 80s wrestling. He was 90s wrestling. He was, uh, you know, part of the Brian Pillman storyline back then. And all of a sudden, I think it was Brian Pillman's son, uh, Junior, who was saying that it was such an honor to be able to wrestle this guy. You know what I mean? So to know that both Pillmans had actually wrestled the same guy was kind of cool. But um, I'm going to go into some of the other matches on the show here. Uh, just to get your thoughts, Sean. I'll just what I'll do, Sean. I'll just uh, name the match and just get your thoughts just on that match as it is. Um, what do we got here? I warn you, I'm not following New Japan too much, but some of the matchups, yeah, I've heard of. So I guarantee you definitely heard of this match. IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match is a Texas death match. Uh, Lance Archer taking on John Moxley. Uh, Moxley is the challenger in this one. Now, if he does win, it'd be his second reign because he has been champ once. Uh, who do you think is going to take this one? Well, if I recall right, uh, the reason why he wasn't or isn't champion is because of uh, the hurricanes or something uh, couldn't allow him to get to Japan. And that's why the title was declared vacant and uh, Juice Robinson and Archer fought for the vacant title. Archer picked it up. And now the winner of this match with uh, Ambrose and Archer is going to go against Juice Robinson on day two. Yeah, you are correct. I can almost see Archer dropping the title to uh, Ambrose, which will allow the original match of Juice Robinson and Ambrose to actually happen. Whether Juice gets back the title, that's a different story. I guess it all depends on the relationship uh, Ambrose or Moxley keeps with uh, Japan. Yeah, you're right. And it is Japanese booking. So, I mean, they like to, you know, if there was a match set up 10 years ago, (laughs) they're going to try to put it on, you know, um, uh, as best they can. But you're right about that. I think it is going to come down to Moxley and Juice in, uh, you know, night two. I think it's night two. I'm just going to verify that. But um, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on next match. And now I don't know how much you know about Will Ospreay, but he's defending against uh, Takahashi. Takahashi was injured, I think, almost for – I know it was over a year. I think it was almost close to two. Um, I don't know how much you know about Takahashi, but he's basically very similar personality to Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, but your thoughts on Osprey, whether or not he's going to lose this – IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, based on the fact there has been a lot of rumors that he's going to go up to the next level, which is the heavyweight division. And with Kodai Bushi challenged for that title, I mean, do you see Osprey losing it to Takahashi with the whole big support system he's got behind him right now because he hasn't wrestled in like forever? Well, it make a good comeback story for Takahashi. I don't know how much uh, New Japan is into the whole uh, good feel-good storyline type deal over quality of wrestling, which in all honesty, quality of wrestling is huge in Japan and is actually better seen than having soap opera type stories, but it would make a good uh, feel good story to start 2020 with if Takahashi took the title. Yeah. My, uh, my pick for that one's Takahashi is as well. Um, And last two matches of this night. Now, I don't know if you heard, but new Japan's finally doing a WrestleMania six type thing where one guy is going to come out as champion uh, for the Intercontinental and the heavyweight. Now, it's not taking place this night, but this the setup, the start of this is taking place. And first match, you're going to see Jay White as champion, as the Intercontinental champion, taking on uh, Tetsu, Tetsuya Naito. Um, Naito is former champion, obviously. Um, 
I'm going to go to the next match. I'll get your thoughts on just who the two are that you think are going to go into the finals there. Uh, last match of the night, which is the main event for Wrestle Kingdom Night 1, uh, is Okada taking on Ibushi. Okada is the champion. Um, Okada Ibushi, who people are familiar with, with the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, he is the G1 Climax 29 winner. He's taking on Okada, like challenging for the title. So of those four guys, Jay White, Naito, uh, Okada, and Ibushi, um, who do you see winning between White and uh, Naito? Who do you see winning between Okada and Ibushi to set up that final? I can see possibly uh, uh, Naito advancing and probably going against Ibushi. So Naito versus Ibushi. All right. My pick on that one is I got to go with Ibushi because I feel it's his time, especially with the fact that Omega took off last year. Um, I'm going to go the opposite of that for you, though, with the with the other one. I'm going to say Jay White versus Kota Ibushi in that main event on, uh, I think it's Wrestle Kingdom 2, uh, Night 2, uh, as far as that title goes. So uh, kind of differ a little bit. Um, we just got another comment there. I'm trying to multitask the best I can. I will get better. Uh, John Siegfried, Happy New Year. Missed you at Tyson's last night, Sean. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, the, uh, the wrestling school. Yeah, over at uh, Tyson Duke's Wrestle Factory. Uh, just been so busy, unfortunately. Uh, just taking a moment. I haven't been totally into the whole wrestling uh, world for the last uh, two weeks-ish. Uh, I had a death in my family of my 95-year-old grandmother. So I'm trying to catch back up. And this is an awesome way on night one of uh, Thursday Night Throwdown to be able to do that and get back to our regular stuff with the Russell factory and the uh, podcast. So a lot of things coming up, which we can talk about at the end of the show, but for scumbags uh, coming up this weekend. Yeah. And uh, that is the one thing cool about wrestling is it kind of brings everybody together, no matter what's got, you know, kind of going on in their lives. So um, anyways, uh, going to night two and um, not as big as far as your, your matches go. I mean, there are some pretty good matches taking place as you had already mentioned. So juice Robinson facing the winner of Mox versus uh, Lance Archer. Uh, Kenta's taking on Hiroki Goto. Um, and then basically main two, well, actually I shouldn't say that. Sorry. I jumped the gun on that one. Um, three big matches taking place. So first one is, uh, up here. So first match in, sorry, retirement match is taking place. Liger and Sano with, uh, Yoshikai Fujiwara. I know the name Fujiwara, Fujiwara, uh, taking on Lee and Takahashi. Uh, Liger's final match, and he kind of handpicked um, uh, Takahashi and Dragon Lee. So, Sean, do you see Liger and Japan ending on Liger's, you know, saying goodbye on a good note? Uh, or do you say, hey, he's going to put over one of these guys, like, you know, one of those guys going out of business, say Kurt Angle style, to be able to say, hey, thank you very much. I uh, just can't do this anymore. These guys are too good. And then, and then, you know, is he, is he taking the win or taking the loss on this one? Yeah, tough call because he is a legend. But most of the time when you do retire, they expect you to put over your opponent and go out counting the lights. And then uh, they get an opportunity to celebrate with the crowd afterwards and thank them before leaving the ring fully. Yeah, so another highlight uh, of this night is uh, Jericho and uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, now, the backstory to this one is basically, and this I don't think was set at the beginning, but it's set now, is that if Tanahashi beats Jericho, 
Jericho will give him an AEW championship match. It's going to lead me into my next series of topics. So, so, you know, don't say too, too much about this, but do you think Tanahashi is actually going to beat Jericho in this one? Uh, depends on the relationship between AEW and New Japan going forward. If they they do work out something, then there is a chance that Jericho could lose and at least do the payoff of that uh, sort of extra stipulation. So as it stands right now, I think Jericho will win. So you're going for Jericho on this one? Yeah. All right, so as a New Japan fan, as also as somebody who wants to see it happen, I want to see Tanahashi beat Jericho, which I think will explode the internet, so to speak. Um, and then last match of the night. Now, you had picked, what was it, Kota versus Naito? Yeah. So who do you see winning to combine both of those titles? Probably Ibushi. So you want Ibushi. Okay, so that is the one thing we can both agree on is the fact is, uh, Kota Ibushi, we're picking night two of uh, Wrestle Kingdom 14 to come out victorious, holding both belts. So, uh, Wrestle Kingdom taking place, like I said, this uh, this coming weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and the New Year's Dash is taking place on the Monday. Uh, bell time this is uh, 6.30, so I believe we're 14 hours behind that. So anybody who's looking to watch it live on New Japan World, you are looking at 4.30 in the morning on Monday. Uh, so good luck with that one. But uh, uh, nothing has been announced. Nothing's going to be announced until basically uh, that day because what happens is the Wrestle Kingdom Fallout will you know, kind of guide this one to be what it is. The only thing we do know is that if you're watching on New Japan World, Juice and Thunder Liger's final ceremony is taking place. So is it waited for the fans, the talent, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling to be able to say goodbye properly to Juice and Thunder Liger. The same way WWE has in, you know, guys like Ric Flair retiring, um, what was it, WrestleMania 24, I want to say. But uh, it should be good to see. Um, somebody, somebody had posted someplace about uh, whether or not it's okay to cry. I think it might have been Brad Myers, actually, from, from Smash Wrestling. It says, it's okay to cry uh, when Liger retires or something like that. It's like, yeah, as long as you have Kleenex, go ahead, you know. So, But um, definitely an end coming up uh, this coming weekend. And in saying that, uh, like I said, I want to talk about something else. Now, Jericho is the biggest uh, – I'm trying to think of the proper word for it. He's one of the greatest guys to be able to play people on the internet. Uh, agree or disagree? Yeah. He knows how to uh, reinvent himself and also be current and get people's attention. So, like, all around right now, he is the top guy. And it's amazing at his age. Like, before, like, when we were younger in the 80s, watching, seeing some guy in his 40s, we're thinking, oh, dude, he's really old and felt older than even 40 now. Guys who are in their 40s and nearing 50, in Jericho's case, are top draws and are not seeming to be old and washed up. And he, he's he, when you look at Jericho, you think of the fact he's still in good shape. Like he still takes care of himself. Other than other than having too much of the bubbly and liking his vodka and stuff like that, he's you know he's looks good for his age. I've seen guys who he is looking a little Mickey Rourkeish though. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but that's I, I think that comes down to the hair though. He cuts off all that hair again, and, and he probably look a heck of a lot better. But anyways, as far as the Jericho tacos, he knows how to create hype, and that's one of the things he has always been great at, no matter what promotion or how old he's been. Um, in saying that, I want to see the AEW New Japan feud. I want to see the AEW New Japan uh, hook up for even one pay-per-view, um, just because of the fact that AEW, in my opinion, doesn't have a lot of steam going on right now. Excuse no, me. I think... I think uh... 
you have a point there that they've sort of uh, a little bit lost some steam and not necessarily because of NXT. It's, I don't think they're living up to the expectations or the reputation that they said they were going to do. They wanted to be an alternative to WWE, yet how can you be an alternative when you're not giving anybody a real focus for starters? Yeah, you're giving people matches and not doing commercial breaks and doing the pitcher-in-pitcher thing. But, you know, unfortunately, us, we know the Dark Order as Super Smash Brothers, but they're not getting over to the mainstream fans. And that's what you're now targeting is these new fans. And they had that close out a AEW show. And then you have all this new talent, but you're jamming so much down your everybody's throat without giving any character development. And people are walking away from that. And how many shows have ended also in a brawl? Like, yeah, or finished because they're relying on going right to the very last minute. Like, they need to refocus what their actual objective is and be an alternative to WWE, be an alternative to NXT. Like, even NXT seems to be the alternative that everybody's looking for. It's different than SmackDown. It's different than Raw. It's now even different than AEW. And it's more action, less storyline stuff going on, and less talking than even AEW has. And that's what, in a way, gave NXT the... Uh, rub a couple weeks ago where they had a hundred thousand more viewers than AEW on a week that both uh, productions were giving sort of pay-per-view quality shows. Yeah. You know, I completely agree. It kind of reminds me and, and not so much a hundred percent, but it kind of reminds me when WCW needed to sit back and refocus and the whole Bischoff thing that was supposed to happen, and it didn't happen. And if that it had to happen, and they come back and they rebrand themselves, and they take that time to be able to say, hey, we're not doing so well. What else do we need to do? Here you get a show, a company that does one show plus the YouTube series every single week. Um, I was thinking to myself when I was watching it last night, I was thinking, here's John Moxley, here's Pac. Um, these guys have been main events, main event caliber matches at WrestleMania. Now, all of a sudden, they've got like 500,000 people that are watching them on a weekly basis. That can't be sitting well with them. They're getting paid well. They're, be able, they're able to do their own, you know, their, their, their own characters without having to do like a PG-13 style, you know, guy. But the fact is, how many people are actually watching? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they're excelling. That's the one area where AEW is excelling is they're allowing their uh, people to be characters and be themselves, and they're not scripted. They get bullet points, and that's what WD is not doing, and it's all one voice and very forced, it seems. But other than that, what do they got? Yeah. So my question to you is this. With AEW not doing as well as the hype was, now, this is something where I saw a clip last night of them all looking at their cell phones and that AEW lo- you know, logo popping up for the first time and be like, holy crap, this is actually happening to a year later now. And it's like if I'm home on a Wednesday night, I'm debating on whether or not I'm going to watch it live or just watch it on the PBR. Would you bring in a company like Impact Wrestling to help with the ratings as far as AEW goes? Because I, when I say that. Brian Cage recently put up a a post, I think it was Twitter or Instagram, saying the match that never happened was Omega versus Brian Cage. And do fans want to get to see it? Um, You know, and saying that, do you put them with New Japan instead, knowing the 
um, the legacy some of these guys had over there, like the Kenny Omegas, like the best friends, like, um, you know, uh, who am I missing? The, the, the Young Bucks, Hangman Page, all those guys. So which way do you go? Do you continue to go with the guys that you're signed and maybe sign on like a killer cross at this point? Or do you try to group up with like, say, a Ring of Honor who's suffering right now or New Japan for Wrestling or an Impact? I wouldn't bring on anybody new, really, because they have a oversaturation of talent who are not getting over because nobody knows who they are because you're not seeing them week to week. But that said, they have a good working relationship, or those guys did have a good working relationship with New Japan. If I was going to team up with anybody, I would go with New Japan because of any other company that's not... uh, WWE or NXT for that matter. New Japan has the most credibility. Maybe if you're going to stay in North America, I would go with Ring of Honor. But even Ring of Honor right now is very weak. And in comparison, maybe even to an impact, they are almost neck and neck on the bottom of the barrel of North American wrestling. And the only reason why... I say impact is down that low is because they still have the stench of TNA. I've seen posts saying, uh, Oh, you know, this was great. This was great about impact wrestling. But then in some comments, they're like, Oh yeah, TNA, this TNA, that because people still associate the same stuff and are not willing to drop the TNA idea, the TNA uh, name or anything like that. And that's an albatross that is keeping impact wrestling down. They needed to have done what you sort of suggested WCW needed to do had Bischoff been successful is shut down and totally rebrand, not even do impact and rise up as something else, not trying to keep that relationship going and any connection to the old TNA. But until they disassociate themselves and become a different company, they're always going to be considered TNA. Yeah, and, and the to it. I was gonna say the, the tough part is, you know, all of a sudden 2019 ends and everybody's doing match of the decade, this and that. Uh, I almost called them TNA, but Impact Wrestling's match of the decade was Jeff Hardy versus Matt Hardy. Both guys contracted now with WWE, so um, you know, it wasn't uh, a Samoa Joe, it wasn't AJ Styles, it wasn't uh, a Kurt Angle even or a Sting. It was a Hardy versus Hardy, so. It's tough to see. It would be like the WWE back in the 90s and saying, hey, what was the greatest match back in the 90s? And somebody not keeping and saying Austin or, if, say, for example, The Rock, Undertaker, Triple H, any of those guys in that mix. You know what I mean? If they had said, like, Ken Shamrock versus Val Venus, it'd be like, how, excuse me, what the hell, you know? But um, I think you're right. I think a lot of these brands are very, not even secondary at this point, because I think to me, you've got WWE with NXT, then you've got AEW, and then you've got Impact, and then you've got like MLW, um, you know, you've got uh, ROH kind of scraping the bottle of the barrel at this point. And I don't know what the right answer is to try to set them back on fire. And I don't know if they can, I don't, you know, maybe it's just one of those things that it's just, it's, it's past news and, and, you know, wrestling and life moves on, but uh, I guess we will see. Uh, anybody tuning in, you are watching Thursday Night Throwdown. This is episode one of our show. Um, we're going to go every week, Thursday nights, 8 o'clock. That is the plan, talking about pro wrestling uh, as well as Canadian independent wrestling. Uh, my name is Chris Maloney. I am your host. I've got Sean Bates of the Scumbags are Wrestling alongside me. 
And uh, thank you for listening and thank you for watching. And if you're uh, tuning into this broadcast after it's ended, uh, you know, thanks for picking it up on either YouTube or um, Facebook, as well as we're going to try to do an audio version on Anchor, which uh, thanks for Sean for pointing that out to me years and years ago, seemingly. But uh, anyways, we're going to get to another topic here. So uh, one of the things I, I want to talk about uh, next, and you, you had mentioned Dark Order, and I think we'll maybe talk about those, you know, uh, that group and the butcher and the blade and everything else on another show. But I want to get into kind of the WWE portion of the show at this point, because something kind of rang a bell last night. And so if you watch AEW, Britt Baker had come out and she was kind of ripping on Riho for not being there to defend that championship, uh, you know, week in, week out. And Britt was like, you know what, here I am wrestling. I have my own practice as well. I'm here. I'm dedicated, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, Riho basically sounded like, uh, you know, she was the female version of Brock Lesnar. Sean, your thoughts on 2020 happening and Brock Lesnar still being champion, somebody like Riho still being champion, not defending the title, not being seen every single week on, on, on the shows. Is that, as a wrestling fan, is that something that matters to you? It's a tough question, to be honest, because you don't want to over-saturate uh, your uh, championships. But... They weren't done that way in the 80s and 90s, well, 80s especially, uh, when you would see Hulk Hogan appear every once in a while on, say, Saturday Night's Main Event and actually defend the title. But he was appearing on, say, Brother Love Show or the Freeno Parlor, so he's still showing up. Now, if the champions are still doing that or doing some sort of tag thing to keep their face out there, I don't need to see a title match all the time, but they should still kind of be there to be like, hey, I'm a champion and I'm going to further my storyline without necessarily uh, burning it out by wrestling every week. Yeah, it's, see, it's do you think, okay, so it, with regards to Brock Lesnar, you think it's all name value? Do you think it's he's in McMahon's pocket and that's why he can do what he's doing? Unfortunately, at this moment, yeah. Um, and that is kind of a sad situation that they haven't been able to create new talent uh, that get, got over, like how Steve Austin and The Rock have. And right now, Brock Lesnar is that guy that is sort of over without being over just because of name value because he went to the UFC as well. But they need to create new talent and then have that person be the champion and be there every week. Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, they were that uh, champion that was there every week, but fans turned on them. So where do you find the balance? I don't okay. know. So I'm, I'm kind of glad you brought that up because next person on the agenda is uh, Drew McIntyre. Did you watch Raw this past Monday? Yes, I did. And so for some reason, a heel was in a two-on-one situation against two baby faces. Yeah, but the thing is McIntyre played like a, a baby face. Yeah, right before he hit the claymore kick, all of a sudden he's cutting them down three, two, one, and then boom, he hits them, it puts them down like they're they're basically jobbers in the in in the ring, and then pins them both. Former tag team champions, and somebody had pointed out apparently last year at WrestleMania is when Ryder and Hawkins had actually won the titles. So the WrestleMania moment right there, and now all of a sudden they're jobbing on Rod Drew McIntyre. Do you see Drew as somebody who can get over as far as uh, you know WWE itself goes, or do you see him going in that same? And it's funny how I'm asking you this because the fact is when you look at Roman Reigns, you look at Seth Rollins, you look at Drew McIntyre, they 
almost look like clones of one another, but do you see something different from Drew McIntyre and his future as far as WWE uh, performer goes? I would like to say yes, because he definitely, after leaving WWE, changed his character, proved what he can do, but I don't know what the deal is. When he started in WWE, they, he was the next big thing, but they didn't follow through on it. Then he was there and part of 3MB, a, a jobber tag team, as you just mentioned with Ryder and Hawkins sort of deal. And now we're trying to take him seriously, but he gets up to the threshold and then they pull him back. You know, And it's just like, why build him up if you're not going to fully pull the trigger? I would like to see it happen and see what could happen with him, but I don't think the uh, people in higher ups have enough faith in him. So fantasy book and he wins the Royal Rumble, goes on to WrestleMania, he wins the championship. Are you uh, a fan of, of that? Yeah, because it's something different, and Drew McIntyre is there all the time. So that happens. Is he still going to be champion at SummerSlam? Well, it depends on how things go, but I would at least stretch it out, uh, give him a six-month run, and, you know, like how they just did with Kofi. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, so we go from a guy like Drew McIntyre, who's still kind of fresh in the business, to somebody who's – and I didn't know this deal yesterday. Somebody who's been in the business, the Gordy Howe, pretty much of wrestling. Uh, he's wrestled in five decades at this point. And I'm just going to uh, read this, just uh, anybody who's watching, listening, just to see if they can pick up on, on who this is. Made his professional wrestling debut September 13th, 1988, defeating Bob Cook in a match for the Tampa-based championship wrestling from Florida. Promotion was renamed, blah, 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 blah. Um, he goes on 1988, 1989, uh, debuted in WCW, teamed with Kendall Wind Windham, undercard tag team called the Texas Broncos, uh, saw success against the Cruel Connection and the Commandos. No idea who the hell they are. Uh, first defeat came against the, or the original Midnight Express. Oh, I thought they said Oriental Express, original Midnight Express. And anyways, from there, went to Japan and Memphis. And then from there, went on to World Wrestling Federation, 1990-91. Um, for those unaware who I'm talking about, that would be the one and only Dustin Rhodes, Gold Dust, who now has wrestled in each of the past five decades, uh, starting 1988 all the way through to 2020. This guy has been around for seemingly ever, and um, uh, he's one of those guys who you don't necessarily hear anything bad about there, Sean. Um, surprised that he's made it as long as he has with the build as well as the like not the legacy but the, the name he has behind him because dusty was a tough guy when you watch dusty matches or even the gold dust matches back in the 90s his body should not be in this good of shape i mean what, what do you think keeps him going as long as he has been i think the fact that he ended up uh figuring out what he the path he was on was wrong and he got himself clean and sober and because of that the guy who was black rain and looking really overweight almost catching up to his dad, if not even further, but with his height, it wasn't as noticeable. Carrying around a rat, that guy could have passed away long ago, but he got clean and sober, focused on his health, and, you know, whether he's doing DDP yoga and everything, he's got his uh, sobriety, and he's like 20 years younger, and that's the key to why Dustin Rhodes is still wrestling today. 
So will he see? Will he, we see him wrestle in his sixth decade? Is he going to make it to 2030? No. If he's smart, he should be winding down anytime, and I think this is what is going on with him right now. I kind of uh, theorized that uh, almost a year ago or so um, with respect to what's going on with him, his brother, and uh, WWE for that matter. Because if I recall right, Dustin had a longer contract than what it turned out to be with WWE. And somehow he was let go from his contract so that magically enough, he was able to team with his brother at double or nothing. Now, obviously the McMahons and Triple H, whoever that uh, worked on releasing him knew exactly where he was going to go and team with his brother and be a part of AEW. If they didn't care that much or they were more concerned about the battle lines being drawn, they wouldn't have let him go. But there's a lot of respect between the McMahon family and the Rhodes family, and that's why even Cody doesn't even badmouth uh, WWE like maybe other members of AEW will because of that respect between the families. And WWE knew that this would mean a lot to Dustin to team with his brother and do what he's doing right now, and that's why they did release him. And he's in the shape that he's in right now. I would have kept him in WWE, but he's more useful where he is now in getting success. Yeah, you're right. You're right about the respect thing. I think with regards to the roads, the only thing, time you've ever seen anything happen was that what was it? The throne that had blown up because Cody had hit it with a sledgehammer or something like that. Yeah, on one of the first other, all or nothing or. But yeah, other than that, I can't think of anything I've ever seen where Cody's has disrespected him. So much to the point that we're talking about Cody and Dustin. And then on the other side of things, WWE right now, NXT uh, just announced all the tag teams for the uh, Dusty Classic about to take place. Sean, are you aware of uh, NXT, what happened last night? Uh, yeah, I saw some of the stuff that went on last night. Um, it was a little bit of a review show, the uh, awards, and they also announced the uh, brackets for the Dusty Classic. And this time it's going to be one half being UK and the other half being regular NXT. So North American NXT. Yeah. So I'll announce the, uh, just the match is going to take place. And then maybe Sean, get your thoughts on just who you think is going to win the whole tournament or um, what, what two teams you think is going to come down to, uh, to from NXT UK to NXT. So you got Imperium, Marcel Barthel and Fabian uh, Eichner, I think is how you pronounce it. Against the Forgotten Sons, Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler. Uh, Matt Riddell and uh, Pete Dunn taking on Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. Grizzly Young Veterans taking on Kushida and uh, To Be Determined. Uh, UK Champions Gallus, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang taking on NXT Tag Team Champions, The Undisputed Era, uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Um, so you got Champions versus Champions. You've got Kushida with a mystery partner and you've got Imperium in there as well. And then Matt Riddell and Pete Dunn should be an interesting combo. Sean, uh, I guess two questions for you. Who takes it all? And who do we see, if anybody at all, Kushida tag up with? Uh, I could see Kushida teaming up with uh, maybe um, uh, Keith Lee. That'd be interesting. And that'd be a good combination to go to the finals with. Um, I'm not sure about this combination with uh, Pete Dunne and uh, Matt Riddle, because unfortunately, I think, was it last year or two uh, Dusty Rose Classics ago? Uh, might have been two ago. Uh Pete Dunne teamed up with Roderick Strong, and that didn't work out well for him. 
on that one. Um, Gallus definitely is a uh, threat in there, so that's where possibly Kushida has the problem with with advancing because isn't it Gallus against Kushida and his partner? No, Gallus taking on undisputed era first round. Oh, okay. Yeah, you've got Grizzly. Oh, okay. So yeah, they would meet in the semifinals then. Which would yeah, be sense yeah, so because Kushida had an issue with Gallus when they uh, beat him up and took him out for a bit. Yeah, so if you yeah, if you look at it, if Kushida and his mystery partner goes on um to second round, Gallus is potential for them. Um I would love to see on the other side of things Imperium take on Matt Riddell and Pete Dunn. I think that would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, that would that would be one for huge battle. Because yeah, I don't see uh, Forgotten Sons going anywhere. <laughs> no, <laughs> right back to uh, right back to the indie scene. Um, anyways, uh, it's it. I've heard a lot about those guys and and the gimmick change and everything else, and nothing has ever worked for them. I separate them, try to put them on singles runs, whatever the case may be. And and the one thing I f- I was thinking about today actually was the fact is when you look at this. The Forgotten Sons are who the heck are they? Wesley Blake. He was with Buddy Murphy at one time, wasn't he? Being managed yep. by Alexa Bliss. Yep. That's that. Yeah, that's that same guy, eh? So it's it's very interesting to see Buddy Murphy fighting a guy like Aleister Black on Raw, and uh, a guy like Wesley Blake, you know, pretty much being forgotten about. And this uh, tag team did an NXT, but I mean, that's just stating the obvious. Oh, sorry, I didn't catch it. What'd you say? A forgotten son. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a, like I said, stating the obvious. Anyways, we're going to touch on one more thing as far as WWE goes because we're running low on time. Sean, thoughts on the Lana Rusev wedding and without cursing and swearing? I couldn't believe I actually sat through that whole thing. Like, I was looking at the timing and thinking, okay, this is going to be over. And for USA to stop doing the overrun for the longest time and then give this another 10 minutes. I don't know what USA was thinking, but I did also see a post that it got the most views. Yeah, and Lana's been bragging that like crazy too, eh? Week. So I don't know who's watching this, but when they kept on bringing out different people saying, oh, I'm with this person, I was this person's ex, I was this person's ex, I'm like, I don't care. Really, like, that just wasted time. It was, there wasn't anything significant in the fact that they came out. And so are you are you surprised at what they did with Liv Morgan? I mean, all those Emirates type promos, and the next thing you know, she comes out to whatever you know. Yeah, they need to explain that one because okay, is she doing the Emelina thing, or is she going to do something different? I, I saw this awesome uh, uh, video that somebody did, which made Liv Morgan actually into uh, the fiend. And the red lights and everything worked out well. And they just superimposed the fiend face on uh, Liv Morgan. And that would have been awesome because there was, uh, she'd even shown pictures of her almost going to do the uh, sister Abigail or be part of that. And then they did an Emelina thing. Yeah, there was, there was one of the, the wrestling um, uh, reporters going off about that, saying how they had everything set up to make her sister Abigail. And basically just destroyed it in a matter of seconds on Monday Night Raw. So, you know, it's it's tough, though, because she, you can tell she's talented. You can tell she has um, a passion for the business. But, um, I mean, it's creative, right? Yeah. They're well, just, yeah. also, where does this really go? Are they going to do 
a uh, lesbian or bisexual uh, thing, which fine, you know, if they're going to do it, it is 2020 and that's part of society. They're trans, bi, gay, whatever uh, sexualities are out there. That's reality. And if it's going to be part of the show, fine. But are they really that way in real life? Meanwhile, you have Sonia Deville, who is oh, yeah, I heard about that person who could do a lesbian storyline because that's her real life. Instead of having two people who one is clearly still married to Rusev and Liv Morgan uh, pretending to do a lesbian angle, why not just give it to your resident lesbian? And Sonya Deville actually have a storyline that is her. Yeah, I heard she's PO'd about that too. Yeah, it's like a slap in the face. Yeah, well, for whatever reason, I heard they were supposed to do it with Mandy Rose and her, and then they they you know said no, we're not doing it, and then next thing you know, they're doing it with Liv Morgan. So, anyways, it remains to be seen. I guess we'll have to tune into Raw uh, on Monday just to find out where they're going to go with this storyline. Um, what if it was just a ruse and? It's actually Rusev and uh, Liv that are together, and Mandy isn't doing anything with uh, Lana. But then, of course, since that happened, uh, I'm not sure if both of them have been posting pictures of them in the past, taking photos together to try and show that, yes, this actually happened. So Again. I don't know whether they're going with it. Yeah, it remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, the one thing I don't understand, and Sean had already said it, um, where the hell these viewers come from? Because <laughs> they went 10 minutes over for this, but they won't go 10 minutes over for a great match happening. So uh, we'll leave it at that for right now. Uh, quickly want to go through the uh, upcoming events coming up as far as pay-per-views coming for the month of January. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom, like I said, talked about this coming weekend, New Year's Dash on Monday. NXT, U, NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2 is taking place on the 12th. Uh, Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill on the 12th as well. Uh, NWA Hard Times taking place on the 24th. Royal Rumble on the 26th. AEW Revolution is their next pay-per-view. would not happen until February. Uh, Sean, any thoughts on any of these that are standing out to you? Uh, are you happy to see the NWA uh, television title be coming back? It's something else I've out there. Like, I don't know if it's necessarily need, needed. But if it gives them a aspect to the TV show where every week there is going to be a title defense, not necessarily women's tag or uh, the world, but every week there's going to be a TV title, sure, why not? Uh, they did obviously dig out the old belt or the old design and uh, redo it. And yeah, uh, power is a show that actually is easy to digest because it's just bell to bell one hour and old school. I like that. Um, also looking forward to seeing if impact wrestling is going to actually pull the trigger and give a prominent men's title to the first female to ever hold a world title that isn't a designated women's world title. So it's be interesting. taking it from Sammy Callahan. Yeah, that'll be interesting as well. So, um, I mean, lots of time to talk about Hard to Kill coming up, I believe I said on the 24th, if that is correct. Um, nope, that was NWA Hard Times. No, Impact's only oh. actually on the 12th. That's next week. It is next week. We'll have to do it for next week's show. 
Uh, that is uh, that is New Year's hangover talking right there. Just a, a lot of, uh, well, I've been off for almost uh, 17 days. <laughs> it's been enjoyable with pay at that. So it, it has been enjoyable, but uh, my brain is no longer in work mode. Um, yeah, I go anyways, back to after over two weeks. Oh, geez. <laughs> anyways, uh, so we got about 12 minutes left. Um, we're going to talk on uh, Canadian independent wrestling right now. It's absolutely huge to... Um, to see the amount of promotions that exist from coast to coast. Uh, now, Sean and I are very loyal followers of Smash Wrestling as well as uh, uh, you know other promotions out there. Midwestern Wrestling, we were at. See, that's still hard to say. It's been a couple months later. So Midwestern Wrestling. There we go. See, if I slow down, I can actually say things. Um, no. You know, and uh, that's just two of the promotions that we have followed. You know, you've got PWA, which is now, was it 365 Wrestling? Is that uh, what uh, Eddie had turned it into? Yeah, it's going to be uh, 365 Wrestling, still in uh, Kitchener and Guelph. Uh, yeah. They're going to be uh, near the end of the month. And the beginning of the uh, month, I think next weekend, they're in uh, BC. So they're, I think, still hitting the same areas. It's just they're revamping from PWA to uh, 365. Yeah, so the coolest thing about independent wrestling is they usually stick to an area. Smash has been good because the fact is they go from Toronto down the... Uh, southern, uh, southwestern Ontario coast is what I like to call it. But anyways, um, Barry Wrestling sticks to where they're at. A, A1, Alpha 1 Wrestling, same thing. Destiny Wrestling, you've got uh, C4 up there in the Ottawa area. Um, Sean Kem Valley in Sarnia. Yeah, I was going to say Kem Valley down in Sarnia there. Uh, so the coolest thing is if you're in an area, it's, you know, it don't think that, you know, you can't enjoy independent wrestling because you only have the one promotion hitting you. Um, nowadays, we live in a time where you can go on Facebook or YouTube or whatever the case may be and catch up on whatever you need to, you know. Um, it's different, it, interesting for me to see a character like Tyson Dukes, for example, and all of a sudden he'll be wrestling in, say, for example, London here for Smash, and then all of a sudden go and, you know, the guy he just teamed with for Smash, he's facing in another promotion. So it's very interesting. You can kind of see how good they'd be, you know, um, who they'd be, you know, best suited with as far as competition or tag teams go and all this sort of stuff. Um, Midwestern Wrestling was another one of those places. You know, we saw different kind of matches take place that we kind of weren't used to, um, you know, and it was kind of cool. So Canadian independent wrestling is strong no matter where you're at. Uh, I follow it as much as I can on, like I said, social media, Facebook, um, uh, not just Ontario, but uh, kind of all over Canada. I'm still learning about who some of the big names are, or you know, the other provinces. Um, I know some of the guys here in Ontario will travel to Quebec, uh, you know, on more than one occasion. I think last year or the past two years at least, Cody Diener has hit Saskatchewan as well as I want to say Alberta. I think Tyson's done the same thing. Um, and they go east as well. Yeah, and then out east as well. So it's 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 a great time to be like I said, Canadian independent wrestling fan. Uh, Sean, what are you looking forward to coming up as far as shows go? Because you know a lot more about I do than as far as this you know this area goes. Um, I will say this: Is there anything taking place right now that you've heard of as far as Smash Wrestling and those tag team titles go? Uh, well, as far as what do you mean with the tag team title situation? So uh, they so the Revolt were stripped at the last show. Yes. But did the titles go back to Halal or is it, are they still up in the air? They went back to Halal Beefcake because they, oh, they did uh, go back. Yeah. When they were out signing autographs at the end of uh, uh, Remix You a Merry Christmas, they uh, were once again holding the uh, gold. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping to see a tournament happen. It was, it was handed back to them uh, after Jordan James was uh, found to have a 
extra substance in his water bottle. That yeah, and it wasn't uh, wasn't sugar. No. <laughs> Anyways, it's and that, and that too. It's interesting to see once you get far uh, following a promotion long enough um, to see storylines taking place. You know, you for example know about Tyson students and how far they've come. Um, I'll tell you this, and, and a true story right here. So I'm sitting there and I'm shopping at Masonville here in London. Um, and we're taking a break, you know, it's, I think it was boxing day or whatever the case may be. And you can imagine how bad Masonville was on boxing day. So I'm sitting there with my wife and we're sitting on the bench and we're sitting right across some shoppers in between shoppers and Starbucks. And sure enough, who do I see was, uh, uh Violet Lee, uh, Vanessa Armstrong, uh, you know, uh, for those who know her personally anyways. So I point her out and I look at my wife and I was like, Hey, I said, can you guess that she's an independent wrestler? And my wife was like, mm, she kind of just blends in. And I said, she is one of the, probably the best students that Tyson has had as far as charisma, markability, passion, just the whole package. You know what I mean? But Original I told her, what's that? Original six. Yes. And and I told my wife, I said, but the pro- I shouldn't say the problem is a wrestling fan. I, you know, it's, it's tough um, when somebody decides to hang them up, call it quits, take a break, whatever the case may be. But I was telling my wife, I was like, you know what? She is taking a break right now to focus on school and her family and her kids and everything else, you know? And it's as much as she was getting that support, you know, inside the ring and inside those buildings, it's she still had to put kind of, you know, what would matter to her most, her career, her, her you know, financial reasonings down the line to support her and her family, you know? So, um, so I, I, I guess my question to you is this, is we know them as characters inside the ring. And somebody on, I, I think it might have been uh, Sebastian Suave had posted on Facebook recently with regards to, you know, thank you so much for 2019, 2020 is going to be better, this and that. And I had made a post comment back and I was like, you know what, sometimes as wrestling fans, we take for granted what we see because we always think it's going to be there. Um, with Violet Lee stepping down and smashed going on that temp hiatus, um, do you feel the same way as far as taking what we see for granted sometimes and think it is, oh, it's always going to be there? Um, I mean, if you wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden you read a post that says Sebastian's shutting down Smash, is it going to bother you or is it going to be like, oh, well, there's another promotion that's going to be out there anyways? I'd be very surprised uh, by that. But, you know, sometimes you do need to uh, reset and uh, reevaluate where things are. Uh, as far as you said with uh, Smash taking a little bit of a break, they probably took a huge hit. I don't know for certain, but I'm guessing uh, SummerSlam week or weekend, they did four shows or eight shows over four days. And a couple of them were jam-packed, like the Summit and uh, Super Showdown. But when they brought in WXW, Progress, OWE, the lesser known organizations over in this side of things, that's where they probably took a hit because they were paid a lot of higher uh, and talent to come over here, but they didn't get the uh, return from the fans' perspective of ticket buying. So why do you, why do you think they do stuff like that? Well, it was a perfect opportunity since it was uh, SummerSlam weekend, and with OWE, they were getting exposure from AEW. Obviously, not enough exposure, but you gotta do take a chance, and they took a chance. Did it, was it profitable? Probably not. They were able to continue doing smash shows in smaller venues instead of being here in London for Music Hall or anywhere in Toronto for Phoenix, Rec Hall, or uh, I forget the other uh, uh, 
place that they go to, but you know, costs are high for those uh, type of venues, and they kept the uh, Smasher alive, and even uh, lent out their tag team titles to uh, Midwestern. So they didn't disappear, but sometimes you need to step back. Violet Lee is a uh, example, as you said. You know, any good promoter will say, "Get your education, get your uh, career in line, then do this wrestling." It's always going to be there, and one day it's not going to be there. Where's where? What do you have left over? And so, in this case, with her, she's making sure there's something to look forward to when that opportunity does fade away in wrestling. So regardless of it being an organization or an individual, you got to reset. But there's yeah, always stuff around. I was going to say the big point as well is, is appreciate what you see while it's there. Exactly. Um, you know, and don't be afraid to walk out to a guy like Cody Dean or Tyson Dukes or Mike Rollins or whatever the case may be and buy one of their picks or buy, you know, um, uh, one of the t-shirts or whatever the case may be, because that's not only do you support them, but the fact is that's how they know that they're doing their jobs and they're doing the, you know, they're doing what they're, they're meant to be doing. And that's uh, entertaining us as fans. Um, it's funny how quickly uh, an hour goes. Like I had a lot of topics I didn't run through, but uh, well, maybe anyways. it has to go more than an hour uh, coming up. If our topics are going to need it and Eventually, we want to welcome in other people. So a two-hour roundtable won't be out of the question, really. Yeah, and if you look on the screen right now, that is the best way to reach uh, the show. You can come on to Facebook, YouTube, uh, you know, Instagram, Twitter, all social media, and uh, hit me up through uh, message, uh, Messenger. Um, but if you want to just send an email, Thursday Night Throwdown at Outlook.com is the address. Uh, let me know you want to be part of the show. Let me know what you want to see on the show. Um, we can host up to six people at once. So um, I know Sean, when he can be, he's definitely going to be a regular. Um, but we'd like to have people from the Maritimes, BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Ontario. You know, um, whether or not you're a fan, whether or not you're a wrestler, um, I want to get in the, the you know, I want to have the opportunity to interview promoters right before a show on the weekend to be able to hype up that show, to find out why they're doing the show, what made them get involved with uh, the independent scene, stuff like that. So best way to reach right there. So if there's, if there's any throwdown at outlook.com, uh, at this point, like I said, I want to try to keep it in an hour. So we're going to go into just some goodbyes here. I'm going to switch some screens around just to uh, get promotion over to Sean there. Uh, I'm going to exit myself out. Uh, Sean, what's the best way to get in touch with you and what's, uh, what's your baby there on the internet? Okay, well, there's so many things. Um, obviously, there's Scumbags Wrestling. We have the uh, page on Facebook. We post every day, including uh, Wrestler of the Day, celebrating wrestlers' birthdays. And provided there's uh, matches going on, and I've stopped by the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory, Fridays you can catch the production line and see the students of, uh, well, the superstars of tomorrow, today, being uh, done at the Wrestle Factory. And so that's... Also on our Facebook and YouTube channels, Scumbags Wrestling. And yeah, so email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com for any comments, questions, concerns. We're all over the place. And I did uh, tell Chris and a couple other people lately that maybe this week there's going to be a new video segment highlighting the events throughout Ontario 
here we can advance. So you can check out any event in your area or hop in the car and hit a road trip. So as Chris just put up, it's the Scumbags Wrestling uh, page on Facebook. And yeah, please join us. Yeah, I've got to learn how to use that uh, that little mute button on the screen as opposed to the mic. Um, anyways, yeah, the, the cool thing about the, the program that you're using is called StreamYard. We can sync to, uh, I think, Twitter. So Twitter's Periscope. We can do YouTube, uh, Facebook simultaneously. Um, uh, the more support that we get, the more I can throw it out there for pretty much everybody. But right now, we're going to strict, uh, strictly go YouTube as well as Facebook. And like I said, the shows will be available after we're, we're done. Um, and then the audio will be available probably a day later. But uh, right there is you've got uh, Sean's group, the Scumbags of Wrestling. Um, that's the best way to follow him. As he said, we are scumbags. And then that's his group down below there. And I'm using my mouse cursor over top like you, anybody can see that. Anyways, uh, that is Sean's uh, baby right there. As far as my baby goes, it is And Give me a sec here. I'm just going to bring it up. And I don't know if I can do this properly. Um, one sec. I will get better at this. There we go. So I am actually doing something called CWN, uh, cwnonline.ca is the web address. Um, this is something that has been back and forth for the better part of 10 years for me. Um, Sean was there, I think from day one, I, I believe. Yeah, probably. So it's been so it's been a while. I don't know if I can find the original site, but um, I've always wanted to write about wrestling. You know, uh, be part of wrestling interviews, everything else, and and this is my contribution uh, to the business itself. So cwnonline.ca is the best way to get in touch with me there. Uh, social media, we're both on social media. The best way for Sean to get in touch with him is through. Um, you know, Facebook and then the scumbags of wrestling myself, there's in a throwdown or CWN. And, um, anyways, yeah, it's, it's been fun doing this. It's, um, you know, new year, new thing to, uh, to focus on. And like I said, the, we just want to get bigger and better. Um, like I said, if you're a fan and, uh, you know, you want to see something on the show, let me know. Um, uh, there's an throw down at outlook.com or, uh, you know, you want your promoter, you want to be a guest or you're a wrestler, you want to be a guest. Um, you know, you want to just, say whatever you want to say about wrestling we're more than willing to uh to do this and like i said it's been nice and quiet without jordan james in the background there so uh and jordan if you want to be a part of this if you're watching this feel free sean will send you the invite as well but uh uh tyson dukes wrestle factory for that matter what's that anybody from the wrestle factory yeah i tell you this it, it's you know it was enjoyable um, as loud as it was at that MWW show, it was enjoyable doing what we're doing. So, anyways, uh, share this. Do it again in March. Yes, and we, yeah, unofficial. I, I haven't heard anything officially. I, I did see a wrestler comment on a certain date, so I, I think MWW will be back sometime a couple months. Uh, you said March, right? Yes, I've definitely been guaranteed March. Um, as you said, there is a date out there that a wrestler did post, but until officially Midwestern Wrestling announces it, um, it will be March, and we have our invite to be down there, do a live uh, broadcast, and hype up the show post, pre, intermission, you name it, we're going to cover it, and hopefully we can also do that for other promotions throughout Ontario this year. Yeah, maybe we'll have to do a live simulcast of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast and Thursday Night Throwdown. 
So you're gonna, have to, you're gonna have to teach me how to get one of those big banners, though. But anyways, it's uh, it's been fun. Hopefully, uh, Sean, you'll be able to join us next week as well. And like I said, folks, uh, you want to get in touch, uh, just any ideas, or you want to be part of the show Thursday, throw down at Outlook.com is the best way. We're going to sign off now. Thank you very much for watching and listening. If you watched in the rebroadcast, thank you very much for being part of it. And remember to give us a thumbs up and uh, hit us up on Facebook. Sean, thanks for being part of this, and uh, we'll thanks see you next week, hopefully. Yeah, have a good one.